0: Last week on The Slut Show. How are you as a man in in this patriarchal world learning to deal with your emotions? How are you you learning to express them? Uh, Therapy rights are not like a piece of pie. It's not like I take a piece of pie and there's less for the rest. Uh No, rights are unlimited. If you give women the same rights that are given to men right now, that doesn't take any rights from them away. I
1: can't just say, hey, I'm a feminist, so I'm one of the good guys. No, you need to work your ass
0: off. If an eight-year-old faces racism, then white kids are sure as hell not too young to learn about it when their peers are facing it. Don't come at me saying that you couldn't find someone. Fuck off.
1: No, No, we don't want a dialogue about oppression. Oppression is wrong yeah. and we need to get rid of that shit.
0: You cannot run away from yourself and your thoughts and your past.
1: Exactly. Deconstructing your manhood, that definitely uh, is um, something I try to do every day and it's painful. It's it's uh, confronting, especially.
0: This week on The Slut Show.
1: I was having sex on the couch while they were like in the other rooms,
0: sleeping. <laughs> These people forget that it's so much fun to be sexually active. Yeah. It's a legitimate hobby. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, that which I know is like five-bed partners is like, hi, oh honey. What? I <laughs> five in one night, like what? And I realized I'm a slut. <laughs>
1: Maybe men like collectively just need therapy.
0: For at least yeah. three years that's and good, you that's know, good. face themselves, face their own misogyny, face their own patriarchal bullshit. <laughs> See, you are a psychologist, <laughs> I will collect the fucked up men, I will just send you the list of people I had sex with. <laughs> <laughs> I did not just say that.
1: And then I was like, oh I should get a vibrator, so much fun haha. <laughs> so I got a vibrator but it was without a base on the end. I think I tried it too much and <laughs> it disappeared
0: <laughs> <completely>. <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for listening. No matter when you are listening, no matter where you are, get comfortable. Get yourself a cup of tea, a glass or an entire bottle of wine, maybe smoke a blunt, get under a blanket, grab yourself some popcorn and enjoy this week's episode of The Slut Show with Ellen Moore. My name is Ellen Moore and welcome to a brand new episode of The Slut Show. With me today in the studio, I'm so excited to have you. Hello. Is soon to be psychologist, a non-binary fashion diva, (laughs) wonderful creature of a human being and blonde bombshell, Christopher. Christopher. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing amazing. I'm so excited to have you
0: in the studio with me. Yeah, me too. We're going to talk about so many different things. I can't wait to get into it. Um, We're going to discuss being non-binary, dressing femme when assigned male at birth, uh, slut-shaming, and perceived professionalism in the working fields, um, as you are, well, soon to be a psychologist. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to talk all about that. But before we get started, the Slut Show with Ellen Moore. The podcast slash talk show about shit you and I have to deal with on a daily basis, About feminism, insecurities, feeling like a bomb ass bitch and obviously about loads of sex. Enjoy your weekly dose of empowerment. Your weekly dose of empowerment. What's the most empowering thing you did lately?
1: Um, two days ago I was at a bar. Oh. Some guy said really naughty things to me and oh. um, I took the most air ever, I think, and I screamed in the loudest voice possible, fuck off, let me alone. Um, The whole bar went silent. Everybody was just looking at me good i was shaking i almost cried but at least he left me alone (laughs) oh my god
0: good for you for standing up for yourself it was
1: terrible oh it was terrible
0: what a shit show yeah here i am being alive (laughs) oh my god so was that the first time you went out since uh, well lockdown
1: yeah in the netherlands yes it was the first time
0: Oh my gosh. It was
1: the first time in a bar. <laughs> I'm so sorry it for was, that. Uh, it was an experience. <laughs>
0: oh my god, I'm so sorry I had to go through that. It's okay, thank you. Ugh, it sucks. Um, this is why we're here to change the world. The slut show is still so fucking needed. <laughs> uh, we're gonna actually begin with some, uh, well, obviously slutty science, because no slut show without science. Yes. I got some slutty science for you because we like to stick to facts. Slutty science without more. Harry Styles, David Bowie, Billy Joe Armstrong and Damiano David all have one thing in common. They are men who choose to wear makeup, breaking the gender binary. However, these men are all singers and entertainers, living a life filled with drugs, sex and rock and roll. Assuming there is more room for gender benders in the entertainment industry could be a plausible theory, but the gap in scholarship that surrounds any and all things relating transgender people and the breaking of binary norms leaves us wondering. One thing, however, we can state with absolute certainty, men wearing makeup is not considered socially acceptable yet, especially in the working field. Professionalism. A noun describing the high standard that you expect from a person who is well-trained in a particular job, When it comes to the professionalism of gay men, studies have shown that these men manipulate their performances of gender and sexuality, adapting the way they dress at work, their body gestures and the way they interact with co-workers and managers. This adaptive behaviour has been shown to be a result of a variety of factors, like feeling the need to appear more masculine or attempting to hide their homosexuality, all in order to adhere to the social rules founded by and in our hetero- and cisnormative society. That same study illustrated how these men often fear diverging from the heteronormative expectations of the workplace as, quote, they worry that by doing so they will risk differential treatment from employers or co-workers. These men were concerned that they would be passed up for a promotion or even lose their jobs altogether. This suggests that the performances of masculinity and straightness are always valued more than performances of femininity or gayness. When we take a closer look at privilege, we can conclude that being cisgendered, white, skinny, male, or heterosexual brings you certain privileges. When you're skinny, doctors don't immediately point out that maybe you should lose weight. When you're white, the police treat you differently. When you're male, people take you more seriously. When you're heterosexual, you don't have to come out because that is the norm. And when you identify as cis, you don't have to convince anyone that you really identify with the gender you were born with. The point I'm trying to make with all of this is that if skinny, white, cisgendered men feel pressured into having to behave different from the way they truly feel, then what must it be like for a fat, black, queer, non-binary person assigned female at birth? How do we treat them? Do we ask them why they are the size they are? Do we doubt their gender identity? With what names do we address them? Do we use the right pronouns? This is a conversation that needs to be held. And therefore, I am beyond grateful to be able to discuss it in depth with this non-binary pearl of a human being, Christopher. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you in the studio.
1: I'm happy to be here. It's so <laughs> good.
0: I... I've this this piece of science i literally spent so many hours digging Mm -hmm. on the internet to find this science but then about non-binary people but it's not there yeah it's just not there
1: yeah yeah that's very common in um like all sorts of statistics Mm -hmm. that there is none about the non-binary like i'm I'm saying psychology i had five statistic courses in general we even learn how to like look at variables and stuff and at one point that we were looking into masculinity femininity mm-hmm. and um they even t- said like oh yeah we only look into m- femininity and masculinity because that's the only thing there is there is There isn't only two Like, excuse even me even though statistics literally show different they were like oh but that's how it is that's the way we look at it like it's so biased as well like that's the insane. gender bias is there it's really big holy shit <sighs> but yeah the it's really interesting topic you talk about professionality and
0: yeah totally what is your personal experience with that
1: um so far i mean i don't have a lot of professional experience i'm still like st- studying i'm mm-hmm. finished all, I, i'm i am finishing my bachelor's right I'm gonna start my master's soon um but the thought pops up in my head all the time when i think about going into the work field right um i had an interview once um about that as well being queer and professional and how people perceive me right um Finally, I do think it's non-related how professional I am. If my gender or sexual identity right. is different from the normative kind of um, situation. Right. And also the way I am dressed, if it's feminine, it's still professional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's,
0: it's so ridiculous to think that a certain piece of clothing, which is literally a piece yeah. of fabric, that changes how good you are at your job, excuse me?
1: Yeah, literally. And also when I... Like, People came to me and they were like, "Oh yeah, but uh, I have tattoos and um, I'm also not allowed to show them it at work." Yeah, but it's not like I chose to get a tattoo and mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to wear it. It's literally just my identity of who I am if I'm yeah. allowed to show it or not. It's right. Yeah, it's not a piece of. It is a piece of clothing sometimes to express myself, but right. it's more than that. Definitely. Yeah,
0: totally. This is about who you are down core. Yeah. And this is not that you chose to get some inked in your skin and, or a piercing at a place that yeah. is supposedly not professional.
1: But nothing against that either. No.
0: Um, we we were diving into the conversation like yeah. real deep immediately. Who who are you? What do you do? How old are yes. you?
1: Sorry. Yes. No. Introducing myself. I didn't even ask. Oh my God. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Okay, so um, I'm Christopher. Um, I'm German. I'm living in the Netherlands for three years now, learning Dutch. It's going well. <laughs> totally. Um, I'm studying psychology. I am finishing up my bachelor's right now. I'm going to start studying my master in Rotterdam, which is going to be clinical psychology. So
0: Awesome. Super interesting. Yeah,
1: super interesting. And um, yeah, I am non-binary. I'm queer. Bisexuality—I cannot really define it that well, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the it's the best label that is for me, I think. And yeah, that's it about me, I guess. A
0: person who loves people in general, definitely clear label. Much so. Yeah, well, I in that sense, I can definitely relate. <laughs> <laughs> I a friend of mine talked to me about this very recently, and she was like i just cannot imagine a world in which i'm not attracted to a certain gender i'm just attracted to people Mm, and like mm -hmm. the world is so much fun like looking just looking out the window i live in a city center of amsterdam i can look out the window and be like they're hot
1: yeah yeah i get that feeling (laughs) right yeah i keep telling myself i'm a slut i'm a slut (laughs) 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 are are you I am. Like, not by sex, maybe, necessarily, but right. I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: well, you're on the right show, then. <laughs> yes, yes. Sex therapy with Sarah In the iconic book, Ethical Slut, written by Dossie Easton and Janet Hardy, a slut is described as a person of any gender who celebrates sexuality according to the radical proposition that sex is nice, and pleasure is good for you.
0: That's good. When did you come out as um, pan-bisexual?
2: Um,
1: I, as bisexual, I came out to my um, class back then. I was still a student in high school when I was 14. Oh, wow, that's super young. It was very young, yeah. I also went on my first um, gay pride then. It was very empowering.
0: Yeah, I can imagine.
1: To my mom, it wasn't really like a coming out. It was more like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is it. And she was like, yeah, fine, cool. Like, it was Good. really chill.
0: That's
1: nice. To my dad, uh, I think last year, I was really afraid to tell him. Oh, wow. Like, difficult relationships, you know how mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. Um, but it went fine. Luckily, it was, it was pretty chill. Good. And um, that was only sexuality-wise, but now recently I've also, like, told my mom about my gender identity. And yeah. also, like, friends of the family, I told them about it. And... That felt very empowering because they were also Good. very supportive about it. That's
0: great. I'm so happy to hear. That is so important. Yeah. What do you feel like, what makes coming out easier? What made it easier for you?
1: Well, to know like that I get unconditional love from my parent as it should be and I don't have to like fulfill certain expectations. Yeah. And um, the reaction was positive or at, at least supportive and I know they want to understand and they want to be there. Right, uh, of course, my dad was afraid when I came out and because he doesn't want me to be on the streets and get beaten up for being who I am mm-hmm. but that comes from a very like loving and caring place. that's what I know, and it wasn't against who I am right so uh, yeah, I think just like being supportive is the most important thing
0: That is so so, so important. I'm so happy that you have that, yeah, luckily, I'm very yeah. privileged yeah <laughs> it's, it's very good for those tuning in on YouTube, sorry, we. <laughs> We had a a little bit of technical difficulties, but we're here. We are here. How were you raised in regards to feminism? Was that something that you were taught about?
1: Um, To be honest, not really at all. Mm. (laughs) Um, My parents don't really engage a lot in politics or in topics like that. Interesting. Um, I also think it's related to um, educational levels. And um how far they went, and they never went to university or something, mm-hmm. which isn't a problem of course for them. But also, right. they weren't really like faced with issues like that. And I remember being in high school, doing my abitur, and like learning about it, and going back home, like trying to discuss things, and right like all these other things that I never heard of before. Um, They're conversation starters, definitely, and also like big. <laughs> <laughs> parts of discussions yeah totally <laughs> big starts of discussions yeah but um i wish I w- it would have been more to be honest but also now i was able to really make my own opinions and mm-hmm. yeah and yeah because
0: obviously you didn't have anything imprinted in you yeah. from the get-go
1: not not about that at least yeah.
0: right and how was it in regards to sexuality
1: well um they were very much clear that they would accept everybody in sexuality there were there was but it was always like oh yeah we have this one gay friend from like 10 years ago that we once met (laughs) we like gay people he was cool (laughs) That's to prove
0: that they like gay (laughs) people yeah kind
1: of um yeah i mean yeah i knew about it but still i was afraid at some points like how is it going to go with their own child because my mom keeps telling me oh i want grandchildren i want grandchildren uh, right. it's, it can be difficult yeah, <laughs> for me to get children maybe I don't know I would love it maybe but I'm not trying to be like overly focused on
0: it mm-hmm. I mean you're super young as well so literally plenty of time mom <laughs> <laughs> so you have a very active uh wish to become a parent then at some point
1: um not very active but it's definitely something that I would like to do. Cool. Maybe also not in, like, the conservative family ideas of right. two parents and, like, nuclear family-wise, mm-hmm. but also, like, chosen family and yeah. stuff like that. That's yeah, totally.
0: Me. I feel like this generation is finally um, getting itself separated from the yeah. standard of everything. <laughs> standard of heteronormativity, cisnormativity, normativity uh, what family is. Yeah and maybe more importantly what it isn't.
1: Yeah, very much so.
0: How old were you when you first began experimenting in the bedroom with men or non-binary people or whoever? How, how did your sexuality journey go?
1: Um, at first I first had a girlfriend. Okay. Um, for almost two years, one and a half, two years, something like that. Okay. Um, After that, I moved to the Netherlands.
0: Hey you, we have a new trigger warning system. If you hear this sound, a potential trigger will follow. The first one will follow right after this interruption. If you want to see what triggers we are warning you for, check out the podcast description or check out the right top corner of the YouTube video to see the blinking warning lights with the potential trigger. Enjoy the rest of the episode.
1: And I was very much like i need an experience (laughs) i need an experience yeah also because i was very like moving here i was finally starting to be a bit more um confident i used to be very insecure about things also because i used to be very fat kind of and like being fat i was always told like you need to lose weight and obviously my diet culture literally um but then i was here i was confident i was single and I downloaded Grinder, and the first guy that texted me. I was like, "This is my address. Come over." <laughs> um, <Love> I it. <laughs> it. was very freeing to like just do it because I was always like kind of almost scary in my head. I was like, right. oh, "How's it gonna happen?" But then I just did it, and it was like a band being ripped off, and it was also very bad sex. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> 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 what made it bad sex?
1: Oh, um, spilling the tea um, Yes Well, during sex, he told me that he is married to a woman And he wanted me to call him daddy And, um, he was a lot older than me I mean, I was 18 He was, like, 50 plus And Oh! <laughs> Uh, yeah, I also found out because he sent me a friend request on Facebook afterwards. The <laughs> audacity! The audacity! And I saw that he oh, has face. a son my age. When I saw it, I was like, "You want you want me to call you papi, daddy?" And you have a son my age? It's just kind of weird. Like this is oh, very weird wives. Very weird wives.
0: Um, so this is this might be a very weird question, but where is he from? He's Dutch. From where? Because I know a friend of mine who has exactly a story like this, so I'm gonna die if it's the same guy. <laughs> what? I'll bleep it. Where is he from? No.
1: No. Okay. No. no. Different person. I think he was working at or something like that. Okay. But bleep it up. Yes, I will.
0: I will. I will. <laughs> no worries. Oh, God. Shit. Oh, so. <laughs> he texted
1: me a couple of times after that as well. Also on Grindr and I kept locking him. He kept getting new profiles. <laughs> and I mean, at one point, I moved to a new house. And then he texted me, I know where you live. And he sent me my old address. I was really creeped out at first because I was like, I know where you live. I want. I can come by. But then he was like, you know, my new address. <laughs> oh, <God. Jesus> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Men. Oh, my God. <laughs> Men, indeed. <laughs> Men. Jesus
0: Lord. So, uh, when was your first good sex experience with a man?
1: Good sex. I would say, like, maybe... Mm, one and a half, two years ago, when I got kind of close to somebody, also emotionally, and right. yeah, there was there was a lot better. <laughs> I can Im- I better. can
0: imagine what made the difference for you, the emotional connection.
1: Yeah, definitely. I also, f- I feel like I'm much more like sexually aroused when I have an emotional connection to somebody. Mm-hmm. If I don't, I mean, I can do it somehow, but it's never going to be as enjoyable as that.
0: Yeah, I think there's. The majority of people would agree with you in that yeah yeah. yeah probably yeah. how do you see um your beginning in the career in the professional working field how do you envision it because you s- you said a little earlier mm. that you're kind of you know
1: well i do think um it would be best for me to be very open and just go into the place already like being myself and not like trying to like be very passing cis hat or something mm-hmm. going into a place and then only like later like trying to be myself mm-hmm. Because if I go there and they see who I am from the beginning on and they still take me, I don't have to be afraid to just yeah. go again as who I am.
0: This is a very good tip for other people.
1: Yeah. I also got a tip like very recently <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, I think so much about it. I keep talking with, with people and there's yeah. like a lot of people have made similar experiences and they were like, I just go to the interview and I'm like... I'm the queerest bitch I can be. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm going to try, I guess.
2: Here are some things employers can do to make their places of work safer for non-binary folks. Ask all employees for their pronouns during onboarding. Normalize adding gender pronouns and email signatures. Make sure your office is equipped with gender-inclusive restrooms. Use gender-inclusive language when addressing employees create safe spaces for marginalized employees to voice their concerns. Obviously,
0: you have experience in knowing what it's like to so feel non-binary. Mm-hmm. When did you learn about the term non-binary?
1: Um one of my first friends in Tilburg, um, we <laughs> we have like it was difficult to meet each other because we were too shy to talk, mm-hmm. but then we started texting on Grindr and we started meeting like again and again and again and um they were one of the first people that came to me and said oh i am non-binary and i might mm. have like read the word before somewhere but i never like really engaged with somebody who was like yeah. hey here i am this is who i am i am non-binary yeah um and having like seeing them like transform in many ways and being more out and like being more like true to their, to their own gender identity in their expression really helped me as well to be like oh wow um, what what is actually wait, wait what am i feeling actually actually
0: right
1: yeah that so, helped me lot
0: so that's also someone who well maybe inspired you to realize that you are non-binary
1: definitely definitely
0: i think for a lot of people non-binary is this very vague concepts of like yeah um, you know like that <laughs> people just don't know what is it like for you
1: um well i do think I have no idea (laughs) like not a concrete idea at least and I I just like very much don't identify um as being a man um but I also don't identify as being a woman Mm -hmm. and um other than that I have met people that said oh yeah I feel like both sometimes sometimes more like this and that it changes sometimes people said oh I'm neither like I've met so many different experiences of people And for me it's very much like doing my own um, expression as well based on who I am without having to like conform to any expectations about who I am as my identity and my gender and stuff. And yeah that's what it is for me but it's really difficult to put into words because not even like abstract ideas it's difficult like. Can I keep my mustache and be non-binary? I'm going to be more um, male passing, obviously, if I have a mustache. If I remove it, I can be more heterogeneous, maybe. Uh, do I have to change my name? Can I keep it? Because I like my name. Like, right. It's difficult and I don't have all the answers, but I don't need to, I guess.
0: No, there's there's so many questions and it will always remain to be a learning process definitely and a work in progress and i feel like that's something that i've been speaking to so many queer people non-binary people trans people and i feel like we cis people sometimes forget that the questions that we ask ourselves are the same questions that trans people ask themselves
1: and i do think that everybody i also told it my mom and she was a bit confused i think but i do think that everybody should question their own gender identity absolutely even if you come to a conclusion oh no i like the the one I was um, a th- assigned at birth, it's completely mm-hmm. fine. You should still think of oh, but I can still like choose my own gender expression, even though yeah. my identity may might be cis and everything. I can still choose to dress, mask as a as a woman or something like
0: that. Yeah, I think that's something that we forget. Like for those at home, I I got this question asked very recently. Why are you a woman? And and I thought to myself, shit, I've I've been asking these questions to trans folks but why am i a woman i've never had to defend that so think for yourself if you're listening to this if you're watching this hey motherfucker (laughs) 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 Uh, like why are you the gender that you identify with because that is a question that we find very normal to ask trans people but it's a very invasive question why are you even
1: yeah why are you
0: asking me this shit yeah i am why do
1: you feel (laughs)
0: <laughs> How do you? Why do you feel the audacity and the entitlement to have to ask yeah, someone that? That's also
1: true. That's also very true. And also it like invalidates somebody's experience as well when you ask for a reason. Because sometimes we don't have a reason for emotions. They just come. And also like yeah. g- general feelings and everything. We don't have reasons for them. It's just what we feel. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Do you have personal experience with uh, street harassment, violence?
1: Luckily no violence. But harassment um, definitely... I mean, it was close to violence, but it wasn't... It, it didn't happen because somebody came and intervened. But it happens a lot. It happens a lot. I mean, also, like... Sometimes, we sh- like, the most scary thing is when it's very close to my house. Oh, because yeah. Because my house is, should be a safe space and I feel good there. But when it's, like, around the corner from my house that I'm getting harassed, I'm like...
0: Oh, I don't want to walk in my house now because then they... Literally, yeah,
1: Literally, they know where I live. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: Um. Yeah. Annoying.
0: so for those who don't know at home i know that the cameras are like half working half not working um this is manon she's behind the scenes she's our savior angel um we've been having some technical difficulties this episode and i usually don't show this and i just cut it out but this shit's hilarious everything's going wrong oh my god Literally everything? A- yeah there we go three two one so professional oh my god dear Christopher enlighten us maybe you're the only <laughs> thing that still works today how do you deal with street harassment?
1: Um, well <laughs> I normally I'm very like if it happens I go silent just like freeze mm-hmm. but I do think that's like not the best I mean if it's at night I'm, I'm in some sketchy street and I need to be like cautious obviously I will be probably freezing still but if it's a broad daylight and i'm walking on the streets and there's people around me i will not be quiet anymore That's at least my plan <laughs> right i fully want to i don't know scream something Good. Um, i i don't want to be like the silent victim and yeah yeah it happens way too much as well i think if i give them some negative feedback they might really evaluate their behavior right and think
0: think about it yeah at least once more
1: Actually, yeah. hopefully um
0: but this is insane. why do victims of street harassment need to think of how they deal with it when people yeah. can just be nice to one another it's, it's how it
1: sh- how it should be
0: how it fucking should be
1: maybe maybe men like collectively just need therapy <laughs>
0: i think maybe we should like uh, take this into regular insurance to have all male assigned at birth uh, have to go to therapy for at least yeah. three years that's and good. you that's know good. face themselves face their own misogyny face their own patriarchal bullshit. um i think that's a great suggestion <laughs> maybe maybe we can start like a trust a fund yeah see you are a psychologist <laughs> i will collect the fucked up men i will just send you the list of people i had sex with <laughs> I did not just say that. Oh, oh, no. Don't talk trash about your exes. No. I would never. No. I would never. <laughs> um, how did you think of becoming a psychologist? When were you like, this is something I want to study and this is something I want to do professionally? Um,
1: I mean, I'm interested in psychology for a long time. I remember in high school being like 15 or something, being like, "Ooh, psychology sounds interesting. How does the human mind work? Mm-hmm. How do humans behave? Why do they behave? Um, so it was difficult to get into psychology studies, but then I was accepted in Tilburg and I was very, very happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, I didn't know anything about psychology before I started studying it. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Nothing. And everybody was like, oh, are you going to be a a psychiatrist? I was like, no, no, literally no. <laughs> Maybe a psychotherapist. Yeah, but I wasn't sure about becoming one or not. Mm-hmm. And, um... Then I was like, okay, maybe I should become a researcher. Maybe I should become, I don't know, a data scientist and stuff like that. I had like all these crazy ideas about Mm -hmm. who I can be and what I should do. Um, The latest idea was um, becoming a neuroscientist. Um, So interesting, though. (laughs) It changed a lot. (laughs) But um, now I um, am very happy with my decision of, oh, I want to be a psychologist Like, I was really afraid of becoming a neuroscientist, for example, because they do so much animal testing. Oh, And I don't want to be, like, giving some mice some fucked up thing into their brain or whatever. So I was like, oh, I would rather talk with people about their emotions. Right. Let me do that. (laughs) That's
0: so interesting. I could never, but you're doing a very, very, very important job.
1: Uh, hopefully will, yeah.
0: yeah let's cure these fucked up people walking around who uh, are not comfortable with themselves and who want to work on themselves yeah, because that's which that's is very process.
1: important to do i mean
0: yeah if you're in therapy right now good for you keep going i'm proud of you and keep it up it's important have you been in therapy yourself
1: no you haven't that's interesting <laughs> um I've, I've mentioned that i was fed Mm-hmm. And um, I had a lot of headaches, too, and like a lot of like physical symptoms and also like some psychological ones like depression and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I first went to the GP and he was like, oh, mm, let's just like, do a blood test and mm-hmm. see how much your blood levels are. And then they found out that my uh, thyroid is mm-hmm. not working properly and I actually need to take hormones. And um, oh because of that my everything just got easier like i was able to move more easily i was able to get out of the bed more easily i was able to get happier and not just be like depressed the whole time yeah that's also one of the main reasons why i um lost weight for example um because every time i tried and like starving myself for days it didn't work Uh, don't recommend don't do that don't don't do that don't do that um and my depression like depressive symptoms -hmm. It's not depression because it's like based from on an organic disorder, so its depressive symptoms, they got like very much just a lot better from it. Right, because you
0: can go places.
1: Exactly, I just had more energy to do things basically.
0: Good for you, that's great. Thank you. That's really good. I've been in therapy myself for seven years, so uh, done the work, put in the hours. Okay. (laughs) Recently finished it. Very happy with that. So uh, yeah, but um, for those who are like. Uh, do it. Yeah, definitely, do it. definitely. Do it. You got you. You won't regret it.
1: Yeah, i only got better because going to the doctor and actually talking about it.
0: Exactly. Yeah, opening that shit up, and there's still so much taboo and stigma around it. But I think it's important for a seven-year uh, <clears throat> working chick and a soon-to-be psychologist to also say that because it's important. um We're gonna be taking a real quick break, but um we will be back in a second to continue our conversation. But first, can I get some backing vocals? Slut Show Sex Position Twister Your weekly dose of bedroom inspiration Mm. Ding Dong Doorbell A lovely addition to your repertoire of passionate lovemaking While your titties touch Riding roomy. Fun for introducing toys into the bedroom or into the bathtub The Bloony Baby Good for getting your knees blue like smurfs and you coochie eaten out. It's such interesting positions. What's your favorite sex position?
1: I think missionary. I'm not too oh I'm not I'm not creative. Oh my god, I'm sorry.
0: No, it's yeah. I get it though. I get it. Are you top or bottom? Um or does it depend?
1: I think I'm worse. I think I yeah I like bottoming alone. I haven't topped in a very long time. <laughs> I would like to do it again. Um, yeah, but I just must say verse, kind of. Also, when it comes to like, being dumb or sub, which mm-hmm. isn't necessarily the same, I also think very much switch. Sometimes right. I really like to be dumb. Sometimes I don't want to be. <laughs> it's e- effort. It's a oh, lot of effort. It is. <laughs> Jesus,
0: let me starfish <laughs> for a second. Oh, my God. Are you a starfish in the bedroom?
1: What's a starfish in the bedroom? Oh,
0: that so, this is a starfish in the bedroom. <laughs> Just laying the fuck down, not doing anything. Right, let and me try. Let me try. Being fucked, <laughs> the literal being fucked. Um, you are like we say in Dutch with and voorwerp." How do how do I translate this correctly? Like the 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 object being oh. done, quite literally. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm not normally, no.
0: Okay. Good for you and your bed partners. <laughs> <laughs> we just say you're active in the bedroom. How, how do you... How do well, you?
1: Well, yeah, it's been some time since I've been active in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I, it kind of just happened that like months and months went by. I keep telling myself, I'm a slab but I'm like, oh, wait, when did I actually have sex? But I'm a slut. It doesn't matter. I, I recently
0: <laughs> had a period where I didn't have sex for more than six months. And I... Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, hey, if the host of the show can do it, y- yeah, I mean... I can do it. Yes. I can
1: do it. Well, yeah. Um, I I'm, 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 I, really am ha- very, very, very happy with having sex with myself. Just like masturbation. Good. I love it. So important. I have a really... Like, I know what feels good. I know best what feels good on myself, obviously. Of course. Obviously so i'm very like pleased sexually i would say good so if i if it happens i wouldn't be opposed maybe but right it's not that i need to fulfill like a desire
0: no of course that's that's great i think it's important to come to a, a moment in life when you are satisfied with Definitely. yourself and the the toys you m- may have at hand do, Definitely. You, have, do you have any toys
1: i have a lot of toys nice (laughs) yeah um i also have toys for a very very long time i think i think i got my first toys when i was like 15 maybe wow my mom recently told me that one time she was like cleaning up my room like (laughs) bed sheets or whatever and i was probably still 15 then and she like opened a drawer and saw my dildo and just like okay and she closed it and she never said a single word like (laughs) thank you so much mom, for respecting my privacy wow
0: yes that's impressive
1: like at one point like last year my mom she got an advent calendar with like lots of sex toys and there was something she didn't use like some handcuffs and whatever and she was like christopher do you want them (laughs) and so now i have like this big collection of handcuffs and everything i Um, love it it's so much fun honestly
2: that's so good the majority of vulva owners do not orgasm from penetration alone and require clitoral stimulation. Using clitoral-stimulating toys during any type of sexual activity can significantly increase sexual satisfaction. In other words, sex toys are your friend, never your competitor. I, oh my God.
0: <laughs> so a friend of mine, um, she she's a super close friend of mine, but mm-hmm. I'm going to try and keep it anonymous because yep. I don't want to out her, obviously. Let me put it like this. I gave her a couple of sex toys. Mm. Like enough, like, you know, <laughs> a couple. And so she always hides them in the same spot. She's still living at home. And then her mother cleaned her room and she found the toys in a different place and she didn't realize how they came there and then she she called me she was facing me she was like ellen fuck my mother cleaned my room and all of my toys were there and now they're no longer there (laughs) but i mean it's good if parents respect your privacy like that
1: definitely definitely very happy about it but i also think it's very much because i know that Oh, my God, is this secret information I spill? Tell me. I know that my parents use sex toys as well, I think. And it was never, like, a taboo to talk about it and stuff. That's and awesome. So I think it was pretty chill. And that's also, like, now I'm doing, like, sometimes, like, I order sex toys with my friends. And we we have a drink together. And we like, oh, let's go on Easy Toys or something. And look at some fun things. And, like, do a big order and wait for uh, it. Yeah. And then it arrives and we all unpack it. And we're like, oh, I wonder how this feels and everything. Right. It's very exciting it's that's very exciting. awesome i
0: feel like it's so, it you know there's people who are super negative about being a slut or having sex with many people and like these people forget that it's so much fun to be sexually active <laughs> yeah,
1: very can, much so you
0: can it's it's a hobby it's a legitimate hobby <laughs> yeah. I,
1: and it brings you so much closer in touch with yourself yes with your body with your emotions you have, you have the want, like the desire to do it. So why shouldn't you just freely like experience it?
0: It is a form of self-love, truly. Yeah, and so. it's a form of meditation up to a certain degree. <laughs>
1: you,
0: you get closer to yourself. And also exercise. <laughs> yes, totally. Depending on how sea starish you are. <laughs> <laughs> but that just might be me. What's the sluttiest thing you would say you've ever done?
1: um the Mm -hmm. sluttiest thing one time i was this is gonna be anonymous (laughs) one time i was drinking with some friends and um i actually got new sex toys back then so i was like Mm oh i got new sex toys when look at them so we all went to my room having a drink or two and i like showed him all of them and that's when i got the handcuffs actually and i was my friend was like oh how do they work (laughs) how do they work can you show me how would you use them in your bed so um, we tied <laughs> we, we tied them down, <laughs> and we were five people, and it just like slowly happened and started, and in the end we had an orgy. Nice! <laughs>
0: oh my god!
1: It was amazing.
0: But uh, okay, so uh, like, give me some more context. What what genitals were in the in the room? And um,
1: it was it was two people with penises and two people with uh, a pussy
0: awesome awesome that is awesome <laughs> ah, so these are your friends they're still your friends they're still my friends that's good you can just do that yeah it was
1: difficult at some point I think afterwards
0: was it awkward it
1: wasn't it wasn't completely awkward but I think for most of us it happened and we were like okay this was a one time thing and it's good yeah. but then other people were like is it gonna happen again is it gonna happen oh, again God. <laughs> so it was a bit like yeah we had to make clear it's not gonna happen again i think right
0: (laughs) that is complicated that's so complicated about having sex with friends um where where is the line of being friends where where does sex begin where
1: emotions arise from that as well which is also difficult sometimes
0: yeah totally do you have negative experiences in that regard
1: well i do know that like two of them kind of developed at least one of the people, person, one person actually <laughs> developed feelings for the other oh. after that happened. Okay. So it was difficult. It was difficult, especially because it wasn't reciprocal. <laughs> I. Yeah.
0: You worked through that all. More or less. More or less. <laughs> okay.
1: <let's laughs> Maybe less. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Would you do it again? Definitely
1: yeah <laughs> it was a lot of fun <laughs> it was a lot of fun
0: what is a sexual fantasy of yours that you that you're like i cannot go into my grave before i've done this
1: oh um, i do think um outdoors outdoor sex public kind of situation mm. in nature something very interesting and i kind of want to do that. And just
0: a little bit of exhibitionism
1: yeah not even like being an exhibitionist and being caught but just being in nature and like experiencing nature as like some sort of like connection as well mother not, earth yeah more like that actually
0: yeah. I love that o- outdoor sex is great I highly recommend it <laughs> <laughs> what's the What's the weirdest place you've ever had sex
1: the weirdest place um, I have re- <laughs> I had an Airbnb with some friends and Uh, I was having sex on the couch while they were, like, in the other rooms, sleeping. (laughs) Um, And one person actually came in and, like, kept looking at us. Oh,
0: my God. That's called voyeurism.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was actually kind of nice. Okay. (laughs) This might be the first time I'm saying this. (laughs) If you are listening, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, that's... Would you say you have a kink? Do you
1: have a kink? A kink or fetish. I think not one specific one. Like this like not this that's like You not... can give me
0: a list. That I... works too. <laughs>
1: okay, wait, let me... so um some smells are really important. Yes. And like I really like, like sweat sometimes if it's the right person, obviously. Oh. And um pheromones. Pheromones. Armpits can be very nice, feet can be nice, um, other kinks, um what i really like to do one time kind of situation going on is like having sex and making somebody kind of watch and like kind of like a cock, you know like it mm-hmm. was really cool um yeah being yeah multiple things There's probably more than i just can't think of right I, I, I like to ex- experiment sometimes yeah
0: <laughs> that's good i i've been looking into um actually that was the first episode of the season so check it out if you haven't seen it it's linked in some corner of the screen i never know it's not to point it's somewhere around here if you're watching if you're listening episode one of season four um, we discussed um like the statistics in the average age of um first kisses first sex and i like m- amount of bed partners over like a lifetime and I realized I'm a slut. <laughs> <laughs> Above average. Holy shit. The average is so low. Really? You have no idea. That which I know is like five bed partners is like high. Oh, honey. What? I <laughs> had <laughs> five in <and> one night. <laughs> <Like>, what? <laughs> what? I know. Five in a lifetime. How is that high?
1: Well, my well mom, I think my mom had two. Yeah. In her lifetime. Wow. Yeah, I'm telling a lot about my mom.
0: I've had. <laughs> time set amount. I'm cutting it out. <laughs> How many bet partners have you had? Are you comfortable sharing that with us, or do you want me to bleep it out?
1: How do you define bet partners? Is it pe- does it need to be penetrative sex, or is also oral sex?
0: So the thing is, this is a very good question because my list. Yes, I have a list. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> organized. Very
0: organized, totally. Are you a Virgo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm a Leo, actually. Oh, it's the hair. I can't you know? see I can Right. See. Um, yeah, my list is only penetrative sex, mm. but recently I realized that how do do women not count? Then what? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's true. So that's I'm true. probably
0: up higher than uh, than my list is. <laughs> so. But so. yeah, my
1: list. Okay, wait, let me like make a mental list. I could take a second. <laughs> <laughs> like roughly I would say about I don't know I, I, stop, I should make a list as well <laughs> Do so it's fun um, to look back maybe at. like 15 or something like 10 10 yeah 10 okay. 15 I guess
0: oh oh <laughs> all right yeah I'm not surprised I'm by anything slut. no more oh, oh no <laughs> nothing surprised me anymore honestly I have a friend, she, uh, bakes a cake and she, um, you're going to be like, why is this relevant? <laughs> she, she bakes a cake and she, um, got a bottle of champagne, uh, when she was having sex with her 50th best partner and she oh, popped God. open the bottle. She was like, congratulations. <laughs> and he was like, what for? You know, she said, you're special to me. <laughs> she popped open the bottle. She, the guy to this day on still does not know what it was for oh and my god I think it is hilarious never saw him again never saw him again I mean, that's how it should be <laughs> his name is number 50 <laughs> it's kind of sexy <laughs> <laughs> i love how you think that's sexy what is um oh shit okay so i have this story i just need to tell it real quick that just popped in my mind um i gave another friend of mine a sex story I want to hear your weirdest, the stories in regards to sex toys, but this is just juice—literal juice, literal. She, I gave her a womanizer kind of construction, mm-hmm. and she pissed her bed.
1: Oh yeah, I can see it happening, totally, totally. Right.
0: She used it and she came and she was like, "Ellen, I think you made me squirt." I was like, "I did it, honey, or was it the toy?"
1: <laughs> My weirdest sex toy story. Yeah. Well, I was I was young, I was inexperienced, never had anal sex before, <laughs> but I had anal sex toys and I had a dildo and then I was like, oh, I should get a vibrator, so much fun, haha. <laughs> so I got a vibrator, but it was without a bass on at the end and, um, I tried it and, um, without vibration at first, and I think I tried it too much, and it disappeared <laughs> completely. <laughs> and it went up, it went up, and because it didn't have a base. Don't use anal sex toys without a base. I don't recommend. But um, I went on a toilet trying to like, get it out of myself. I think I was maybe 15, 16 with my parents. I didn't know about it, obviously. <laughs> And I was, like, trying to push it out, and it started vibrating again inside my bone. <laughs> <laughs> and I was seriously thinking for half an hour, this is never going to end. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Okay.
0: Imagine having to go to the hospital. Imagine.
1: Because... I think people do that a lot. It went out in the end, luckily. Oh, my God. But I think this is a very common thing where people go to...
0: yeah no for real i've heard a story of people being attached to one another and having to go to the emergency room being attached to one another sitting in a wheelchair together on top of each other and shit so oh my god oh my god so how long did it take you to squat it out i think half an hour holy (laughs) shit worst half an hour of my life (laughs) that's a very quick childbirth so i mean in that sense (laughs) how how big are we talking like like
1: this kind of like maybe oh this maybe god. this
0: <laughs> <laughs> how many centimeters would you say that is
1: for those at home listening oh uh, i don't know i'm really bad with centimeters. okay let's so say like 15 20 15, let's say 15, yes. like <laughs>
0: 15. wow impressive and yeah, god
1: yeah we, we learn from our mistakes we go on yes
0: we do <laughs> how do you see the future
1: the future, very bright. I'm optimistic about the future, honestly. I, d- I was always like thinking, oh yeah, future's gonna suck. Global warming's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, obviously. <laughs> and... <laughs> no denying in that. Yeah, I'm trying to make the best out of it. I'm just like, I'm planning a bit, but not too much. I'm not just like having every detail figured out, which I think is fun. Things are gonna change. Half of our decisions are coincidence anyway. You will figure things out, and um, you also will walk on the bright side of life.
0: Good. Congratulations on realizing that. Yeah. That must have taken a lot of work.
1: A lot. A lot of work.
0: (laughs) Did you hear that?
1: Oh, I think we got mail. We have
0: mail. Shit. We have mail. Thank you for sending in a question. How do you deal with online harassment um, when it comes to dressing femme?
1: Um, It does happen a lot on Instagram, mostly um when it does happen i'm really like i'm making it public i see hate comments or whatever i repost them on my story i'm saying look at this look at this shit look at this shit i'm making like a laugh about a joke i'm not taking it serious right um i do show everybody this is what it's like um it it can be very difficult um and also like not trying to get too deep in At myself, especially Mm -hmm. because when I do post it online, I I get that feedback I need. That people are like, no, don't stop, please. What you're doing is okay. Share this. And um, that really helps me a lot, to be honest. I mean, I do probably eventually block them and stuff. But before that, I want to make it public and I want people to see what's happening. Yeah, good. This shouldn't be silenced.
0: And you are in your right to do that. Definitely. They are sending you crap, so... Then they shouldn't have sent it. Fight (laughs) me. Fight Fight me, me. bitch. (laughs) On that note, um, yeah, stand up for yourself. It's so important to stand up for yourself. I feel like that's also a process of learning and growing as you grow into the person you are. And thank you so much for sharing all this about yourself. Um, we had a, a ridiculous amount of technical difficulties, but it's it's <laughs> <I'm> been
1: special. <laughs> woo, it's
0: been a ride. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you at home so much for tuning in for this week's episode of the Slatch Show. Next week I will be back same place same time, and then you will see this. We made a bet about how many bet partners I could get in twenty-eight days. Yes, and we were excited. And like <laughs> I I did ask, there were people who thought I could make it to twenty. Yeah, I wish I could sit here and say that I completely love myself and I adore my body, but my body's my biggest insecurity. We didn't steal a car. We drove a car, we didn't ask if we could borrow it. That's stealing. Um, <laughs> And I love getting older. Right. Oh my gosh. I never, I never would have thought, but it's so empowering too, to get to know yourself better. It was just (laughs) to be able to say that I had sex while driving a car. I always thought it was my issue. I even remember telling my ex-boyfriend like, don't worry about me. You know, don't worry about if I come or not. It's just my problem. But it's not a problem, it's just that I was very insecure with someone who would not give me a safe feeling. Where does that passion come from? It stems from pain. My weight gain after my anorexia was extremely healthy and so necessary. If you wanna read the information from slutty signs, again, head over to my website, theslotshow.org. Yes, orgasm, theslutshow.org, where you are now also able to get your hands on my five piece postcard collection dedicated to destroying the patriarchy and empowering you you and you. If you'd like to support The Slut Show in another way, you can head over to my Patreon page where you can buy me a coffee, which is only four euros a month. And by doing so, you support both me and the crew sitting behind the camera greatly. Um, please follow me on Instagram, at The Slut Show with Alan Moore. Follow you on Instagram. What is your slut show handle? Your <laughs> slut show handle, <laughs> What's your Instagram handle?
1: Um, it's at iBoom very difficult exactly. to pronounce
0: I'll, I'll put it in the description box of the YouTube video <laughs> um, you can also send in questions over email or on the uh, DM box of the Slut show without more, send them in we will be answering them, don't forget to give this video a thumbs up, subscribe to my YouTube channel and share the sludge show with your friends again, thank you so much for being here,
1: thank you for having me it so was good. so good,
0: it was so good thank you at home for tuning in and for now let's out, Sled's out.
2: <laughs> woo woo <laughs>